that is heading to the Derby as we head to the Lone Star Speed Zone hotline. I like that. Lone Star Speed Zone hotline. We're talking to uh, this right here is a young wheel man up from the north. I mean, so many of these great guys coming from the north that are that are really uh, shaking up the, the late model scene on the south, on the south side, as we like to call it. It is Derek Griffith on the Lone Star Speed Zone hotline. How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm doing extremely well, man. So, so where are you right now? I, I know that, uh, it's Derby time. So, uh, what's your location? What's your 1020? I am heading South. We just stopped at a truck stop. Uh, like literally right now to uh, stop and get some fuel and everything. I think we're in Alabama. We only got four or five more hours left. I think we're like four hours out. Getting close, getting close. How many hours deep are you Pretty in the close. trip already? We left yesterday around six or six thirty at night, but we stopped and grabbed a hotel to sleep overnight. So uh, about a day now. Nice. So talk about the preparation for the Derby. Obviously, you're trying to get a week out, trying to get a head start on everything. I mean, at what point did you start settling down and say, "Okay, we need to tighten this bolt. We need to check this extra wing nut." Talk about talk about your preparation for the Derby so far coming up. Yeah, uh, we left uh, Nashville kind of getting ready to, um, you know, just make sure the the work we had to do was going to get done in a timely manner where we could leave enough to come down and do a test. Um, we'll be testing this week and then uh, also the new pro late model um, team there that wants us to uh, run with those guys, um, you know, the GEC, uh, Environmental Contracts, Godfrey uh, Environmental Contracts. So we're going to be testing with them as well um, on Friday and then Saturday is the uh, test for us and our super. So we kind of wanted to get down that way. Um, traveling and Thanksgiving and everything is going to be a, uh, yeah. a mess. So we got down as soon as we could. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how cool for you? I mean, because seriously, I mean, that, that is way down South and, and I think a lot of folks don't realize how many great late model drivers like yourself that there are up North. I mean, talk about that. The, the, the invading of the, uh, of the northerners, down to the south in late model racing. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, not a lot of people get a chance to really run super late models, um, you know, anywhere else in the country as far as the north goes. But, you know, uh, have a northern guy win the pro late model race last year was pretty cool. And, you know, I know Cassius will be here and um, some other guys. So it's cool to come down here and travel and, and get to race with all these guys that are, you know, considered the best. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can run with these guys a little bit more. We've had a pretty pretty good year overall, and I think we've had a, a hell of a year as far as the getting out of the comfort zone and uh, <laughs> racing at these races that are uh, a little bit different than what, what our norm is. So it's been cool, and hopefully we can prove the north is a, a great place to race, and, you know, there's good racers up there too. Love it. So, Derek, obviously you've had a chance to run south, uh, not not so much with the derby stuff, but you always seem to run really well when you come down to the World Series of Asphalt. What Mentally preparing for those, is it is it harder to prepare for the World Series because you know you're going to be down and out for a week away from home, away from the shop and all of that, or is it easier just to prepare for the derby knowing you've got one thing in mind and that's to go down and, and kick ass for 300 laps? You know, it, it's hard because they're both uh... – pretty different the the speed weeks um at new Smyrna is just such a long week uh of or well two weeks really of mm-hmm. of just consistently doing something whereas like you know the derby you know you'll have a couple test days and you know you have practice day and qualifying day you can take a break and get in on sunday and all that um it, it's a lot easier to to sleep and get some rest in <laughs> um but you know they're different i don't think either or is is harder or or um easier they're just 
different. Um, but it definitely to to get in and get prepared, um, they both take a ton of time and are both a lot of work. Uh, Speed Weeks is probably a little bit more work overall, but you know the the Derby is top tier racing. Um, you know every every one there that gets into the race is a champion somewhere else in the country or one, you know, the All-American 400 or the Governor's Cup or, you know, the Oxford 250. Those guys all have won something major like that. So it's pretty cool to have that pool come together and, and have such a crazy uh, race. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your season. I mean, another past tour uh, championship right there, national championship right there. You talked about the All-American. I mean, break it all down, man. For you, it has been a really, really kick-ass year. Yeah, for sure. We've had a had a pretty good year. Uh, started off with Speed Weeks, um, you know, winning the championship and winning three races down there in the Super Late Model. And then we went to the Rattler, first time ever at South Alabama Speedway. We finished fourth um, nice. after going a lot down and getting a lucky dog the whole nine. Um, we kind of run through the rest of the year back home here, uh, or really actually in North Carolina, uh, Hickory. Mm-hmm. And we won both the Easter Bunnies and the Thompson. And, um, you know, we, we just started off the year so strong. And we kind of got in a little bit of a funk there in the middle of the year where we fell uh, a little bit um, down with uh, races back home. But, uh, you know, then – we went to the Money in the Bank race out at Berlin, and we finished second there. We won the Motor Mountain Masters race at Jennerstown and finished third in the Oxford 250 after leading nearly, I think we led like 75 laps or something. So, man, it's just been such an awesome year, um, and I, I can't thank my guys enough. We, they worked so hard to get this program going good, and um, it, it's just really come together. So I hope we can I, – I think we've had the most momentum that we've ever had coming into the Derby, so uh, I hope that – translates into a good finish for sure mm-hmm. so Derek, my question for you, you talked about running all these different tracks running everything from hickory to berlin to south alabama speedway back up north in your homeland is it do the do the different areas race differently or is there enough of the guys that run all of those different tracks with you that you're more comfortable racing with them or is it or is there really a difference when you go to each individual track just in terms of how the races play out versus you know kind of stuff like that uh, you know, there's definitely a difference on, on where you're racing in the country. It, it seems like a lot of the guys back home um, in, in New England, they all are like family-owned operations. And, you know, the when the driver tears up his race car uh, on Saturday, he's got to fix it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to race <laughs> Saturday again. So it, it's – whereas it seems like some of the other, uh, you know, like the larger teams down in the in the southeast and um, out west and all that, they, they're they more of like a paid team. You know, they, they rent a lot of rented rides and stuff, the Donnie Wilson um, deal and the Wimmer deal and all that stuff where, you know, it doesn't really matter if they tear up their race car. I, I will say – you know, if we if we blew a motor up, um, our, our you know dry sump motor up right now, I'd say we probably wouldn't be running any races until we could get that solved. You know, probably right. next year. Um, whereas those guys have got a spare in the truck and trailer can slap it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the the I think the little bit of um, like in, the attitudes on the racetrack show um, from time to time. Um, you know, I'm definitely not scared to go go door to door with someone, um, but I, I definitely don't want to tear my stuff up because we just got a long 22 hour ride home to get it fixed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I don't I don't want to go home mad because the whole front of the car is tore off or we need to do this or that or anything. Um, that's the biggest thing I've seen as far as difference. And then you know every racetrack is so different from one another. Uh, we have it back home too. You know every surface is different. All the banking's different. Lines different. Um, so when you can show up to a, a new racetrack or a track you don't normally run that and run pretty good, it's 
it's a good feeling for sure. It usually takes us around halfway through the race with a couple changes, and then we're like, okay, that's what we need to do. That's what happens at the at Nashville and in Berlin and all that stuff. We kind of wiggle our way up through late. Um, so it, hopefully we uh, we got about done and over with all out of the way. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Well said, right there. I, I love that. So, so talk about it earlier in the year. I mean, jumping in one of those uh, modifieds. I mean, what do you think about that? The open wheel. I, I got to drive dwarf cars for a, for a couple of years, and it's like, hey, I have no fenders. I mean, it's kind of different when you jump into something like that. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, went to Lee Speedway. It's the first place I ever got a, a super late model win. So. Um, and we've won a, won some races there and I love the place. It's like one of my favorite racetracks. Uh, so they were twin 25 lappers. I'm really not used to running these like short burst races. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we, exactly. only, we only got two, 10 lap, uh, two, five or 10 lap practices in a row. I'd never driven a modified. So everything was kind of a little bit shell shocking at first. The first feature, I think I finished seventh or something like that. And then we finished third in the, uh, in the second feature, but man, it came alive at the end and it was cool. You see those. 13 inch tires out in front of you and them turning you're like <laughs> you can't believe how much those tires roll around and move and flex and do everything that you would never think they would do so it was pretty cool to see that and and uh and have a, a good run in it and all that i was honored that uh gary casella would call and even want us to do it mm-hmm. that's cool now, it's pretty crazy that you end up having the, the difference in the cars. I, Rodney, want to talk about modifieds. I want to talk about ARCA for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the limited stuff that you got to do in ARCA, how different is that level of competition versus the super late model stuff? Is is there more more difference in competition because there's a, a, a lot more drivers and teams in the super late model world? Or is it just that, that you can tell it's a step up from where you're at with the, with the super late model stuff? You know, the... The biggest thing I can tell with um, with the like between ARCA and Super Late Model is uh, the, the Supers are way harder to win a race in. Um, if it seems like the Supers are a much more level playing field, even though there's other teams that are you know have you know two million dollar haulers and crazy money involved, um, it doesn't seem like one guy really gets away from the rest of them due to just money alone. Um, whereas ARCA, it seems like you can just really financially. Uh, outweigh everyone else around you so easily um, with like the technology that goes involved uh, in, in those races and the, those race cars. It's like, I mean, you know, those cars are running 190 miles an hour at Daytona or yeah. or Kansas or any of these places. Whereas like, you know, you go to New Smyrna, which is a you know real fast uh, half mile racetrack, and we're probably doing 115, maybe 120 miles an hour. So like arrow comes into play for sure, but not getting close to the level that, that ARCA does. So you can tell, the teams that have their time in the wind tunnel and the mm-hmm. chassis dyno when they're changed their pinion angle, uh, you know, two degrees on the rear end and it picks up 20 horsepower because there's no, uh, you know, the, the backlash is all different. You know, they could go on and on and on, but right. it, it's just amazing that that makes that much of a difference at that level. Whereas at the super level, I really don't think it matters as much. Um, that's the biggest thing, you know, the talent is in, is in both series. Um, like a guy like Ty Gibbs, I mean, just amazing race car driver. Uh, no matter what people think of his of his attitude or anything like that, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's just so talented behind the wheel, um, and it, uh, it's pretty amazing to see him be as comfortable as he is in a race car. I mean, it's like he's driving down 95 in a Lincoln Town car. It's crazy how <laughs> comfortable he is in the thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the talent is in both. It's just I think it's a lot harder to win a super race because the 
definitely a lot more level playing field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so break it down, kind of going backwards a little bit. I mean, for you, I mean, you're a young dude. I mean, you've done a lot, and we'll talk about, you know, KBM and all that here in a minute. But uh, how did you get to this point, man? You've been doing this for a long time, everything that uh, the progression up to where you're at right now. You know, it all started in 2009. I just, me and my dad, we talked about going racing instead of playing football. And um, <laughs> we just bought, a, a cool enough, I'll uh, say it after, but uh, he bought a Volkswagen Golf GTI for me. Just go run at Hudson Speedway. I was 15, 16 years old or whatever. And um, go out there, have fun in the kids division. And I won my first ever race, my first ever heat race and feature race. And he's like, I knew from that point, it was going to be a long time till <laughs> we did anything different. If, if anything. So we, uh, we went and uh, had a blast that first year and we won some races and there was another kid that I went back and forth with all year for wins. And, um, well, he ended up leaving and going to another racetrack that was closer to him. And then, you know, the, the owner of the racetrack's like, Hey, we can't, we can't have you in the kids division anymore. Um, we feel like we need to move up <laughs> time to move. Which up. I thought was, was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, so we ended up getting a Mustang mini stock and moved up to the adult adult division. Um, and, uh, you know, same thing. We got a couple wins and did all right there. Um, and, and it was a blast. And then we met, uh, Louis Mitchellitis, which is my crew chief now, and mm-hmm. um, we had a blown motor in the Mustang at the end of the year, and we're like, hey, we need someone to rebuild it. And he's like, yeah, sure, bring it down. Brought it down, and he's like, I guess, and, you know, at the time, unannounced, I didn't know, but he talked to my dad about building a late model sportsman kind of deal, which is like a, uh, they call them outlaws, but there was no mm-hmm. motor rules. Mm-hmm. There was no rules practically about the whole cars other than a tire rule, a weight rule, and a carburetor rule. So you nice. could go crazy with the things. And, uh, and I went to work one day cause I worked for my old, my dad and, um, he's like, you want to go look at a Monte Carlo? I'm like, yeah, sure. And, uh, like I said, unannounced to me, the Monte Carlo was a race car, not a, uh, Monte Carlo street yeah. car. <laughs> and, uh, so we ended up buying that. I was 15 or 16 years old. I think I was, yeah, I think at the time I was 15. Um, and, uh, so we built, Louis built that thing and we went together and, learned a ton that year, uh, raced bi-weekly and learned a lot. Um, at the end of the year, you know, same thing. We won races, had fun. And he's like, Hey, do you want to drive my super late model? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Is that a question? Do I want to drive? <laughs> yes, I do. So, uh, Hashtag ended up yes. doing that and it was a blast, man. We, uh, we started off with a, a car that was older than me. Uh, well, same age as me. It was a 1997 junior Hanley <laughs> super late model that Louie had forever. And, um, man, we learned a ton. We won a, my first ever race with it at Lee Speedway, my first year in a super. Um, it was cool. You know, we, that's where it all started. I think that was 2014, um, or 2012 actually was, yeah, it was 2012, 2013, right around there when I got my first ever win in one. Um, and it just took off, man. We, we started racing all over the place and, uh, it, it got, it got better and better every time, every year it just progressed and progressed and, you know, then we were going down to speed weeks and learning all we could. And it just turned into this thing where, you know, we were competitive at, at a lot of the racetracks and it, uh, it's really cool. And we've had the same people with us since, since day one. So, uh, it's still me, my dad, Louie and Dolly, and, um, you know, a couple of people that have jumped on here later. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to have such a good relationship with my crew chief and my family and everything to do this. Cause I wouldn't be nowhere without them for sure. That's right. That's right. 
That sounds like an incredible story starting out with the mini stocks. I, I love it. I, I partially to the mini stocks because that's where that's where I started racing. And uh, but he was old, Eric. I was old. <laughs> I was an old man when I started. <laughs> but uh, we, we've talked to some of the other people that's been part of this uh, Alan Quickie driver development. For you, was it the media training that came in handy? Was it just the connections that you were making with that deal? Talk about how that driver development deal had an effect on your career. It was both, you know. I mean, the the media stuff was huge it really put you on your game to, to figure out the media situation you had to because you you weren't going to do well unless you figured out your media stuff um and then also you know the connections like uh the year last year that i was in the program i sat at the table with chad bryant um nice. and paul andrews which was alan kilwick's crew chief so that was my banquet table um so we sat down talked, had fun you know had i was uh just turned 21 that year i think so i was you know we were having a couple beers hanging out and um sure enough, <laughs> just turned <later>, 21 <laughs> yep yep so that was good and uh speed weeks rolls around and sure enough you know like chad bryant comes into the works he had a deal that um fell through he's like hey you know we kind of got a car that's ready to roll and uh, we're like yeah you know we'll definitely figure it out and we we came together and, and figured it out and you know, that's that deal probably wouldn't happen unless the program was was in effect. And I uh, met Chad that way. So mm-hmm. it was cool to, to have uh, something really good come from it. And TR and the whole the whole deal there, uh, Thumper and all them, they're just awesome. You know, I still stay in contact with Tom Roberts and the rest of the crew there. Um, and, and I try to help as much as I can and help them with their prospects and all that. They're they're fantastic people. What a what an awesome program where it pays the driver to to progress. You know, it's it forces you to progress in it helps you to progress you know it's a real development program it's not just a uh um you know buy your way through a development program it's you know you're you're actually uh progressing and getting paid to progress so it's it's pretty dang cool yeah it really is so lastly i mean with the kbm thing i mean so you've done all of this and then here you are you're thrust into uh the major league i mean one of these i mean you 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 get to to uh, racing trucks. I mean, was it shell shock for you? I mean, did you did you take a step back and say, "Man, I, I mean, I, I've made it." I, I mean, this is really a big deal. Yeah, it was amazing, and uh, th- thanks to my friend Ben Bazowski, uh, he owns Hudson Speedway, and he just, you know, I told him I got a ca- call from uh, Kyle and and uh, Tony Hirschman, and and uh, try to you know figure out you know how to get this funding deal done and all that, and talk to Ben, you know, Ben's a NASCAR sanctioned track, uh, Hudson Speedway. And he's like, you know what, uh, let's just do it. Let's just Love do it. it and figure Love it out. And I'm like, man, are you serious? Like, are you really, you're really going to do this? Um, and he's <laughs> like, yep, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, um, I will never say no to that. And, oh, you know, and Ben's been a huge help for me for years. Um, and just to have him do this was amazing. So, you know, he got to come out with us and go through the pits and, you know, we were looking at the race car before we go out and I'm like, yeah, like you realize how cool this is like a nascar <laughs> sanctioned home track quarter mile bullring from middle of nowhere new hampshire yeah. is on the side of a kyle bush motorsports truck and i'm the one driving it i'm like this is like this is amazing so uh, just being there was was amazing and, and seeing everything how it goes down um it, it was it was amazing for sure I, i'll never be able to uh get that that specific experience again uh hopefully i will get to be able to drive again um but you know that's all uh, up in the air for sure yep yep so snowball coming up uh lastly i mean uh, what's next uh, i mean what's on tap for 2022 
Um, I think we're going to look at running some more of these uh, pro late model races with, um, you know, Godfrey environmental contracts, TM Porter. Uh, we're, we're probably going to run speed fest, um, uh, speed weeks for the hundred lapper and the pro we're going to run our speed weeks uh, super as well. Uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to bounce around. We're just going to kind of pick and choose yep. like we did this year and have some fun doing it. And um, I mean, if everything goes really good, we'll be running some top tier stuff uh, and the NASCAR division stuff and, um, you know, that's all up in the air always. It's so it's so uh, crazy how yeah. how much is involved and just getting to that level and figuring it all out with, without the financial backing, you know, of, of yourself. Uh, but we're hopefully going to figure it out soon here, and I think I'll – if everything goes really good, I'll have an announcement soon. But if not, then we'll just keep plugging away at our regular deal and have fun doing it like we always do. And, you know, we'll just pick and choose all these fun races and go have fun. Yeah, love it, love it. Let us know, man. If you have stuff to announce, we would love to do it right here. So uh, just just keep in contact with us and our, our man Phil Whipple right there, and uh, we will we will take care of that for you, man. Uh, safe travels, and uh, since I know that you drink beer, I'll come find you in Pensacola next week and, and buy you maybe one or two. <laughs> sounds good. One or two sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it, Derek. Take care, brother. My pleasure, guys. Good to talk, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Absolutely, buddy. Good luck this weekend or next weekend. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Take care. I like that. Yeah, fun times, right? <laughs>